Welcome to the Art of Being a Mum podcast, where I, Alison Newman, a singer, songwriter and Aussie mum of two, enjoys honest and inspiring conversations with artists and creators about the joys and issues they've encountered while trying to be a mum and continue to create. You'll hear themes like the mental juggle, changes in identity, how their work's been influenced by motherhood, mum guilt, cultural norms, and we also stray into territory such as the patriarchy, feminism, and capitalism. You can find links to my guests and topics we discuss in the show notes, along with a link to the music played, how to get in touch, and a link to join our supportive and lively community on Instagram. I'll always put a trigger warning if we discuss sensitive topics on the podcast, but if at any time you're concerned about your mental health, I urge you to talk to those around you, reach out to health professionals or seek out resources online. I've compiled a list of international resources which can be accessed on the podcast landing page, alisonnewman.net slash podcast. The Art of Being a Mum would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land and water which this podcast is recorded on as being the Boendick people in the Berrin region of South Australia. I'm working on land that was never ceded. Welcome to another special edition of the podcast. This week I released two special podcasts to celebrate Father's Day here in Australia. The first is from Scott Schreiner. Scott is the bass player in the alternative rock band from the USA called Weezer, and he's a dad of two boys. He's also the husband to author Gillian Lauren, who was a previous guest of the podcast. Scott grew up in a musical family, studied jazz from an early age. He played the trombone and then bass guitar. In 2001, he joined Weezer and has been touring the world ever since. He's the dad of two adopted boys, Jovi and Taraku, and I'm so grateful for him giving me this interview between legs of the band's current tour through the US, Japan, and soon to be Australia. And this is a little bit exciting for me, having been a Weezer fan from way back in 1994 when the Blue Album first arrived on the scene. Scott and Weezer's music is used throughout with permission, thanks to my APRA AMCOS mini online license agreement. I hope you enjoy. One night at the disco, I wanted to dance slow. I saw a sweet baby, such a fine lady. And I walked up to ask her, but some dude just grabbed her. Thank you so much for coming on, Scott. It's such a pleasure to meet you and, and to welcome you to the podcast today. Hey, thanks so much for having me and being patient while we coordinated our time and everything. <laughs> oh, no worries at all. So obviously everyone would know you from Weezer, which is where I know you from. I'm wearing my Weezer t-shirt well, I, And I much appreciate that. They might also know me from Jillian, who in a lot of places is more famous than me, so... Oh. <laughs> never know who the who the who the people are sometimes That's people it, come yeah. up and be like aren't you Jillian's husband and, and <laughs> don't even know that I'm in a band or anything oh there you go oh I'm just talking from my circles here in Australia um Weezer's got a, a massive following in Australia so I'll talk about that after though <laughs> massive is generous I I appreciate that yeah so you're the bass player when did you start getting into music is it something that's always been a part of your life yeah I I mean was really uh, attracted to music from a like a super young age. My dad's 
a, a jazz saxophone player. And my mom's a big music fan. She played French horn in school. So there was always music on in the house. And I just grew up really around it. My dad had all his friends around and they were the coolest people I had ever met. You know, all his all his jazz musician buddies. And uh, yeah, they were just the funniest, just, I don't know, most intriguing people. And uh, yeah, I, it's just something, I don't know what it is, but uh, music has always been my my main go-to. And uh, I started playing trumpet in grade school, which was kind of tough because I was already getting beat up and bullied enough, but then carry around a trumpet as well, then you're, <laughs> you're more susceptible. Uh, and then once I started getting ready to go to uh, uh, ninth grade, then I decided I wanted to play bass. Well, mm -hmm. I started on guitar and then I switched to bass. So basically that long ago I've been playing. Yeah. Um, I think I heard or read somewhere that your bass teacher was a, a jazz, um, like instrumentalist or into jazz. Yeah, so no, he was a, a jazz piano player and uh, mm -hmm. he was still is, and he lives in Toronto now, Mark Keyswetter, but he's a very respected uh, musician in town. And he was actually a wonderful teacher as well. And he taught during the day and played on the night and weekends. And uh, he would play, we'd play through some bunch of jazz kind of standards and different songs that he liked. And he taught me how to play and taught me about music theory through, uh, you know, reading through these charts. Mm. So did you find like through your style, as you've sort of progressed in your career that you've held on to those sort of jazz roots that that's something that um stayed you know, with you? it's kind of interesting I think maybe some of the articulation that I picked up was from listening to so many horn players and 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 uh definitely feel mm -hmm. and I I'd say that it it had a big influence on me and I always have been the kind of player where I don't play the exact same thing every show like, yeah, right. I think it's kind of cool because our drummer, Pat Wilson, is the same way. We kind of approach every show a little differently. And, and, you know, we play the, you know, the basics of the song, but then we're always in a different mood and adding some kind of different thing. So not a lot of not a lot of improvisation in my group. Yeah. Uh, you know, and we have like lights and video that's synced up and everything. So it's not like we can extend a song for five minutes if we feel like it, like old Led Zeppelin live. <laughs> like I would love to be in, in that kind of band too, where you just kind of never know what's going to happen. You're listening to each other and, and yeah, uh, being inspired from each other. But uh, yeah, it, it, it did have a, a big influence on me. It was a great base to start from. Yeah. No just, intended. Just, uh, yeah, no, <laughs> it's a bit early for me here. That went over my head for a sec. Um, yeah. When you talk about that improv, do you think that comes from, well, that lack of being out of improv. I, I was watching a, um, a a podcast that you recorded with um, Scott and... Scott and Ian. Yes, yeah. And you're talking about how you guys don't rehearse a lot. We don't rehearse together. We do a lot of work at home. That's kind of like the most efficient way to use our time. You know, our, our yep. not everybody likes to rehearse like you and I, mm -hmm. first of all. Second of all... Uh, we our singer has a pretty tight schedule and that mm -hmm. really helps him function and 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 be the most productive he can be yeah so he yeah. doesn't like to waste a lot of time you know yeah uh so we really work hard at home individually and then come together and figure out how to how to make it work together you mm. know so i mean i have a massive ableton 
session with all of our songs that we perform live broken down into everybody's different parts and i can sit here and play play along you know what i mean it's it's mm -hmm. uh really it is quite efficient and really amazing you know because like from where we came from it was trying to find a certain groove on a record to learn a part or on a cassette yes. tape I mean, and like rewind. rewinding yes. and rewinding and it's like god if i could just slow this down yeah i mean now with computer stuff you know i can slow the part down i could pitch it you know when we change mm -hmm. the key can do yep. everything it, it's fantastic yeah it's a different world now isn't it like my yeah. son um my youngest is is just about turn eight and i um I have this this handbag and it's it's basically a, a cassette. It's just a drawing uh -huh. of a cassette. And he picked it up the other night. He goes, oh, this is one of them old things, isn't it? And I went, yeah. yes, Digby. Like, to, but to be in this generation that we're in where you've been through, like, the record, the cassette, you know, the yeah. CD, the MP3, and now it's coming back to records and some people are releasing on cassettes again now. So it's yeah. like it's just incredible to experience that whole cycle in such a small window of time like yeah and and the kids they have no idea what you're talking about <laughs> no and, it, and it's it's all fine too i mean you heard me talking to scott nian about uh how much you can learn from youtube and i mean i've taught myself a lot from watching their videos and from other people's videos like anything you want to learn about you can look on youtube and figure out how to do it like yeah. every time i have a computer problem or the washing machine breaks i'm just on youtube finding some person that took the time yeah. to explain it on there. It's, it's, it's the best. Yeah, it's unreal, isn't it? When um when you joined Weezer, did, were you already a fan? Like, did you already half know the songs, so you didn't have to spend um, like it wasn't like a whole new world that you had to to learn everything from scratch. Yeah, I mean, I I had been hearing Buddy Holly say it ain't so and say like undone the sweater song. Mm -hmm. uh, I had heard those a lot. They were out while I was still kind of right out of music school, so yeah. um I was pretty familiar with those, and then. Uh, Pinkerton came out and I heard uh, El Scorcho on the radio and I was like, that is the most insane sounding song on the radio right now. Like nothing sounded like that. It was yeah. stuck out so far. And then I didn't really forget about them, but they just kind of like, I didn't hear much from them for a while. Mm -hmm. And then when the Green Album came out and Hashpipe was on the radio here on K-Rock, I was that, that was really when I was in. Yeah. It was just the yeah. coolest sounding song because I, you know, I have a little bit of a metal kind of love too and uh river's voice starting off with that falsetto part and the chugging mm -hmm. guitars just the yeah. best the video was cool yeah and i was just sitting going like oh weezer's back i'm so excited and i had no idea rivers was going to call me in like <laughs> two and a half months you know oh which is god kind of what happened that that's that's right yeah it, uh, if you want to share this story you're welcome to i was going to say if people want to hear the full story I can put a link to that um, the podcast you did with Scott and Ian, but basically they this guy gave um, Rivers a heap of names, and he wasn't so fussed on them, and he wanted someone heavier. He wanted like a different vibe, and that was you. <laughs> yeah, that wound up being me, and I was a little heavier then too. Yeah, right. 
<laughs> and physically heavier. And so, so many dad jokes today. Um, yeah, that yeah, that story. And and do check out the Scott Neon podcast if you're interested in music. Those guys are so much fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, he 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 got a big list of names. They and he was just like, Nah, that guy sounds terrible. Nah, that guy sounds ridiculous. Like, <laughs> like who do you got that's just like really you know heavy? You know. Yeah. They wound up sending me and uh yeah, the rest is history. Yeah. Um, and it's funny too, like um in in within that, I think it's a great lesson on on just being yourself. Like you talk about in that other podcast, how you just rocked up, you know, they thought you were the roadie, like bringing yeah. in your gear. Yeah, like, I look just... like a biker roadie and I'm not a biker. <laughs> I wasn't trying to act like one, but it was just how the band that I had been in for a couple of years just kind of kind of how we dressed and smelled, you know? So <laughs> yeah. I, I wasn't going to try to wash that much before I came in or change my clothes. Yeah. So I just came in with a Marlboro hanging on my mouth and it just <laughs> couldn't be more out of place. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's awesome. I love that. And, and like everything in the music industry, it's who, you know, and where you are at the, at that time, you know, things yeah. just align. Yeah. Good timing. And yeah. plus I, you know, and I told you my, best friend had gotten this traveling gig with Dave Navarro from Jane's addiction. And I really wanted that job yeah, as their right. bass player. And, and uh, Dave Navarro took one look at me. He's like, nah, that is too, we got enough penises in this band. I just can't deal with this guy. You know what I mean? He's a fucking yeah. dickhead. Just not, uh, not going to happen. So uh, I didn't get that job, but had I got that job, I would have missed the call from rivers. Mm, there you go. Eh? Just the way things work out. No. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty awesome. You have two sons. You've got Jovi and Tarako. And, yeah. um, I want to talk about how when when you and Gillian were sort of thinking about adding to your family and becoming parents, did you think about or have any dreams how children would fit into your music life or, you know, things you'd want to do with them or or how, how you know, touring would work, like the logistics of, of being a touring musician? No, none whatsoever. I, yeah. I think, uh, Adam, man, if nothing has is, is proven my... Uh, belief that there is some kind of plan for all of us and destiny in our place like I didn't know like I didn't know anything about adoption like my mom was adopted she didn't talk about it Jillian was adopted she did talk about it uh but I had this idea of a bunch of you know kids goofy looking kids that look like me with goofed up teeth and couldn't see you know what I mean and maybe they would have some kind of musical genetic you know, similarity that I, me and my father and, and have, but, uh, yeah. I just had no idea whatsoever. And then we get these, uh, just whatever blessed, fortunate enough to have these children come into our life. And I didn't get to pick them out of a stock. You know what I mean? It's like, here's yeah. your son. And they give me a picture. And I was on tour when I saw the picture of Teraku with, yeah. you know, with his <laughs> hand crammed in his mouth. And I was like, all right, there's my son. And I'm running around showing everybody pictures. Uh, and they both of those kids, like you couldn't design kids that belong in this family any any more than those two, you know? Yeah. So no, I, I really had no idea what I was getting myself into though. <laughs> the long I think, answer. I think that's or, what pretty much every parent would say. 
Uh, how old are the boys now? 11 and... Now they're 15. I'm just looking oh, at a 15-year-old Teraku, and he's he's just like an inch shorter than me now. And it happened, you know, he gained an inch in the last couple of months, it seems like. But uh, <laughs> Jovi's 11, and he's also, you know, growing up a lot too. But we first toured with Teraku, like right, not right when we got him, but I'd say when he was like three, mm-hmm. three and a half, we started touring with him. Yeah. And it, it was just so brutal. Yeah, you know, yeah. he was he really had a he was really having a hard time when he was uh, young till he got like, you know, eh, four and a half, five. But those first uh, couple of years were really intense. And uh, I mean, I Jillian also, you know, has a career, obviously, and is a writer mm-hmm. and is busy. And I'd get off stage and she'd hand him to me. And I'm all sweaty and she's like, here, change them, take them, you know, like, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, but I just got off the rock and roll stage. Like, where's my, you know, where's my towel and where's my foot rub and my dinner and the, yeah. my fans, like bring me the fans, but then I'd get Teraku and uh, he would just be like, ah, you know, like, like <laughs> yeah. on at me. And it was, it was, it was a little more intense than I was ready for. Mm. Yeah. Um. And, and by the way, Jillian's written a, a lovely memoir, um, everything you ever wanted. Um, yeah, which, it is which, really, it is really yeah, lovely. Actually, if anyone's interested in, in reading um, a little bit more of the process and and what you guys were going through, which is you know yeah. pretty, like you say, it wasn't pretty intense. Um, it was intense the whole yeah. process. Like we like we talk about a plan. Like our first date, I think I was attempting to quit uh, cigarettes, and I was like a month off, and I was so intense. I was like, all right, this is what happened with my ex. Here's what I can have. This is what I want. I want a family. I want kids. This is like, you know, coffee date number one. And I'm like throwing all this out there, you know. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't. I didn't scare her off. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's pretty funny. other guys in the band i i think a couple of them are dads and and yeah. so do you do you sort of take any lead from how others do things when it comes to touring with your kids no i don't actually i think we all do it really differently uh and yeah it's a real kind of unique individual situation and you know and that the wives have argued a little bit you know, uh, in the past, uh, and we were all kind of new at it, you mm-hmm. know, and everybody had such strong ideas and are so intense with their first child. Yeah. And yep. just cause we didn't have a biological child. We were still r- really intense about Teraku, you know, and, and Jovi. And, uh, yeah. but I think everybody's kind of gone through it now and the, all the, the band's kids are, are growing up mm. and, uh, just this last tour, uh, a couple of the moms just like took Jovi in with them, you know, and their kids and took them out in town and bought them presents and let them just hang on each other all day. It was really, really beautiful. And then my older son, Teraku, he clicked really well with River's uh, daughter and Pat's uh, not youngest son, but middle son, Ian. Anyways, uh, it was, it you know, it got off to a rough start, but it, it's really 
got to a, a an amazing place right now. Yeah. I sort of feel like with with kids, the older they get and the more the experience that you get as a parent, just the easier life becomes. Like I think yeah. that intense stage, once that sort of, you know, dissipates, you can sort of enjoy yourself a lot more, I think. I'm, I'm almost enjoying myself. No, I really am to this point because <laughs> yeah. uh, even like the last tour I tried to do with Jovi when he was eight or nine, he had a really hard time with all the transitions and the hotels and yeah. wait, we're not sleeping in the bus. We are sleeping in the bus. We're going to wake me up in the middle of the night and we're going to go to a hotel and then we can't sleep in that hotel. We have to get back in the bus. Like mm, it was yeah. just way too much for him. And he, the the shows were too loud and all the people and he wouldn't come out of the dressing room. So he had to tap out after a couple of weeks. And uh, yeah. yeah, he just put three years on him. And he's sitting on the side of the stage with his older brother with headphones on watching the show, yeah. getting himself around backstage, meeting people in the other bands, hanging out. You know, he, yeah. he evolves like so much in those three years. Yeah, no, that's awesome, isn't it? And like you think as an adult, touring would be pretty intense, you know, let alone for a child. And that's, you know. Yeah. I mean, just what you're describing then, I just, I just sort of went, oh, my yeah. God. Like, I guess from an outsider's perspective, I mean, I know a little bit about music and, and performing, but yeah, not know. about touring. But um, you think it sounds glamorous on like, oh, we're touring here and we're doing this. But when you say it yeah. like that, like, oh, I've got to go here and sleep here. It's like, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. And it's just mostly it's like, you know, I mean, you're say you sleep six, seven hours a night. Uh, the show's an hour and a half. And all the rest of the time is waiting for the show to start. Yeah. You know, you get a day off and then on days off, I'm wrecked. After mm. two or three shows in a row, I'm pretty wrecked. And yep. the kid, especially Joby's like, what are we going to do today? What is there to do in this town? What are we going to do for fun? I want to go race go-karts. I want to go batting cages. I want to go. And I'm just like, no. man, they don't understand. They're just looking at me like, but why? Yeah. You're not doing anything. You just stand there and go boom, 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 you know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so tired right now, but we, yeah, yeah, we, we worked it out, you know, and I've, I've brought help on the road before too. And mm -hmm. sometimes the help is more work than they're actually helping, you know? Yeah. Right. Cause you got to coordinate yeah. someone else and coordinate somebody else and their needs. And it is, mm -hmm. it's just, it's a hard life. That's not for everybody, you know? Yeah. And uh, I've seen tour nannies crack and crumble and cry and get sent home and <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's a life that I, I feel like I was just always wanted mm -hmm. and there's nothing I'd rather do. And as much as I might complain in a given day, I, I really love touring, you know, and I, yeah. and I function better with the kids with me, mm -hmm. you know, they keep me out of my own head. Like I'll spend a lot of time kind of isolated, like when we're not on stage and yeah. having the boys there and having these kids to take care of, it just, I feel like it just brings my whole game up and my shows are better. Yeah. I'm nicer for everybody. I'm easier to be around, you know? Yeah. Listening to the art of being a mum with my mum, Alison Newman. Yeah, actually, I was going to ask you that. Um, how how you sort of changed um, identity wise and also musically wise once you you became a dad? Well, 
I don't know. I think I was acting pretty daddish before I even have any kids. I'm kind yeah. of like a was born a little bit of a grumpy old old guy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think I think there's just been a lot of relief from my self obsession having a family. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I can just have that kind of head and brain, and that's why you know I I don't drink or do drugs just like once once i get an idea in my head i just really lock onto it you know mm-hmm. and uh or a certain style or way of living or functioning uh but with the kids and taking care of them all day and i'll be annoyed like they know me like you know get frustrated <laughs> you got two kids they both have three devices each that they all want online instantly and working flawlessly and the internet has to be perfect and yep have to sign into this account and he signed it on my account and I want this game, but he already bought it. And mm-hmm. it's, it just never ends, but yeah. still I not sitting there thinking about what kind of wheels I want on my car or what kind of, what's the newest tennis shoe or whatever my obsession of the day is, mm-hmm. you know, I just feel better, man. It's just a yeah. better way to get through life for me. Yeah. I'm not saying it's for everybody. Cause we both know some parents that probably would have done better not to be parents or whatever and never really wanted it in the first place, you know, mm. and even my yeah. own father, like he, I didn't really get to know him that well till I was like 20 or 21. Yeah, he's just right. not a he's kind of guy, you know, yeah. he's cool with my kids. They have an okay time. He just, <clears throat> they, <laughs> kids aren't going to sit around and listen to my dad tell stories all day. And if you're mm. not going to listen to my dad tell stories, then he's going to find somebody else that will, you know, yeah. So when I, once I got to be old enough to start to appreciate him and his stories, then we kind of bonded. You got a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Oh, absolutely gonna, makes sense. I'm generalizing a little bit, but uh, that that reminds me of of my my pop, my grandfather, um, the boy's great grandfather, who passed away recently. But he uh, he his his thing is stories. That's how he connects with people. He tells stories and reminisces. And and because he he was 93 or 94 when he passed away, he had so many stories. Um, sure. But, but the kids, you know, at, when they're young, they, they're they not interested in that, you know, it's, and that's fine, yeah. you know, yeah. um, find different ways to bond. Or my um, my dad's, uh, sorry, my husband's dad, whose um, who's idea of playing with the kids is them being on the floor while he sits on the lounge reading the newspaper, you know, yeah, that right. generation. That, time with the kids. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh, yeah, I am, mm. I'm here with the kids. <laughs> it's reading the newspaper, but it is funny, but. You write songs yourself, do you? Yeah, I, I I have written some songs and have contributed to some songs with the band mm-hmm. and have a, a couple of songs I released and a few that I never released. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't find as much uh, joy in it mm-hmm. as maybe some people do. And I definitely haven't had the consistency and the discipline to like sit down every day for two or three hours, you know, like living with an actual writer like who will yeah. write no matter, no matter what, you know, yeah. and knowing what I know about some successful writers is like our singer rivers, like they, you know, they write all the time. Mm-hmm. You know? And yeah. uh, 
So I it, I have a lot of music in me, recorded a lot of it, haven't really released much of it. I feel okay about it. My yeah. wife's not that happy about it, but that's <laughs> kind of where we're at. Is <laughs> <laughs> yes, you did um you did I don't know if you still do it that synth modular synth stuff that you yeah you it's all like... sitting right here on my yeah on side yeah. oh there job. you go because yeah like and I have you were right probably double that, that in my closet oh seriously yeah so do you still do a bit of that or is that sort of yeah I I do I I find like when we're touring and when I get home my ears are tired mm. you know and yeah. I don't feel like hearing a bunch of beeps and buzzes and noises yeah. you know what i mean I, and uh just started barely listening to some music and i've been off for four or five days now mm, yeah uh, right just it need got that me time. back in yeah i saw something on tiktok and i looked up this band but then that led me into listening to that old andrew andrew lloyd weber uh jesus christ superstar record oh, yeah. with the singer from deep purple ian yeah. gillen as as uh jesus but man i love that album oh yeah you should yeah. listen to the australian um cast of that I should. They're really good. They are. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm not. I I I don't mean I'm not doubting it. But what what year was that made? Oh, hang on. Let me have a look now. Um, I'll have to quickly have a look. Top Ian Gillen? No, probably not. But the girl, one of the girl singers, Kate Sobrano, she's amazing. Um, ah, where is it? And the guy singer is really good. Oh, I can't. Who find. plays Judas or who plays yeah. Jesus? Uh, G- oh, no, John Farnham's in it. You know John Farnham. Do you know John oh, Farnham? Oh, you got to listen to John Farnham. He's like the best Australian singer we've ever had. Um, wow. Unfortunately, he's just had surgery. I think he had um, like a a cancer on his um, oh. on his vocal cords. But he's amazing singer. Um, what year was it? Well, send me email me a link of it and I'll I'll look it up. I'm really biased and really 1992. So yeah, John Farnham, John Stevens, Kate Sobrano, John Waters, and a bloke called Angry Anderson, who you might really like. He's got a shaved head and like the name says it all. He's a from a band called Rose Tattoo. Yeah, so an oh, cool. interesting eclectic bunch, but yeah. Um what were we talking about? I can't remember now. You watch uh Mr. In Between at all? Oh, I don't think so. No. On Hulu. No, nah, I don't actually. No, I don't even have Hulu. I don't think we get it over here. Really? Do we get it here? Well, that, that show must be on there. I don't know what his name. It's not Scott Walker. His first name is Scott, shaved head guy. Yeah. Uh, anyways, this show, uh, Mr. In Between, I think they play a lot of Australian uh, music oh, do on they? there. Oh, yeah. I'll have to look it, it up. It, it's, it's a fantastic show. There you go. Not for kids. No, okay, that's good. Good heads up. ask about the boys how do they feel knowing that their mum and dad are both sort of do they get that you guys are like famous people and yeah they do and they you know I mean they both will google me to find various pictures that they'll you know go on and on about you know like dad look at you you were so ripped what happened 
why aren't you ripped like that anymore? Like what happened? Look at that six pack, you know, <laughs> that hair. What happened to your hair? Uh, yeah, they are a little bit. And the, the older one doesn't, he's in that kind of phase where he doesn't want me to post anything with him in it. Oh yeah. Yeah. So he gets, he gets a little bit upset and I've agreed not to post stuff that he doesn't, uh, doesn't uh, approve or whatever. And the mm -hmm. younger one, Joby 11, he he's a little bit more of a showboat, so he's kind of into it. <laughs> yeah, he has no interest at this point in being a musician whatsoever. And actually asked me, he's like, "Dad, just because you're a musician, does that mean that I have to be a musician?" Mm. And I was like, uh, "No." He's like, "Well, why do you make me practice these <laughs> instruments? Like, why do you make me sing? And why do you make you know?" I was like, yeah. "You know, it, you, it's just a really great thing to be able to do to express yourself, to be like, you know." Uh, connect with other people and you have such a nice voice and great time and uh yeah. yeah the older one t he he comes out in the studio every night after dinner and plays drums for yeah. like half hour 40 minutes and plays guitar like he's he's a little musician and always always has been that's not yeah. his dream he wants to, he wants to be a a pilot that's his thing so he's oh, going to school and getting him you know all ready for that kind of stuff but oh, yeah they awesome. just that to answer your question, finally, yes, they are aware that we're a little bit in the public eye. And then Weezer is a cool band because there's the fans are really intense and respectful, you know, mm -hmm. like 99% of the time. And uh, it's just enough people kind of recognizing me to uh, to make it fun, you know? Yeah. Jillian. She's in Portland about to do her, her book event up there. Oh, yeah. Yes. Her new book, which is Behold the Monster, which is, I haven't got my yeah. hands on yet. It came I've out today. To you can order it on Amazon or however you guys uh, yeah. get books in Australia. <laughs> it sounds really weird. Like, how do you get books in Australia? No, sorry. <laughs> do you get books in Australia? <laughs> we do some weird stuff down here. Speaking of Australia, that's a beautiful segue. Um, so you're back on the road soon. You guys are going to Japan and yeah, the then Sunday. you go back to America and then you go crisscross around and you end up here in October, which is yeah. extremely exciting because you're coming yeah. out to play Kiss's last ever show. After I think they it's do their last show, show in Australia. I don't think it's their last, last show, show in Australia. See, I get that wrong. Yeah, um, yeah which is exciting. We have a really great show right now too. I think it's our, our best show we've ever toured. Oh, so that's for people who don't know, that's called the Indie Rock Road Trip. Um, and I've been stalking that on the um on the fan page, the the fan page group on the on Facebook of your sets you're doing. And like you say, I think there's some awesome tracks in that. And being down here, we haven't got to see you that many times. So it's nice the opportunity that we might get to see these songs we've never seen live is pretty tantalizing. I, I know. You guys <laughs> you guys have to come. Um, yes, exciting. I'm excited about that. I've got to tell you my um, my story about okay. when my my husband and I first got together in 90, 96 and we didn't get into the Blue Album here till about 95, I reckon, because right. it was like 
um, we get a lot of our, at that point, we're getting a lot of our music from the UK. So it was like Blur versus Oasis. It was like, that was the big right. thing. Take that, all that. And anyway, I said to my husband, this band I really love, they're coming to Adelaide. And he's like, oh yeah. And I'm like, can we go? And he's like, oh, it's a, oh, you know, oh, it's a bit of blah, blah, blah. And I said, and he said to me, I bet they'll come back soon. We'll go when they come back next time. And it was right. like 14, 15 years later. <laughs> Uh, and I guess I was in the band. You at were that in point. the band when when you came out, yeah, because you played you didn't at get the. To see the original lineup. I'm sorry. Oh no, no, no! But uh, I uh, I held him to that. I said, right, they're coming to Melbourne. I'm going. I don't care what happens. You look after the children. I'm like, I'm going. Yeah. And then um, I saw you guys at the Foo Fighters um, oh, when you right. played with Foo Fighters in Adelaide, and that was pretty good. Yeah, that was fun. Um, I loved it. Yeah, that was an awesome vibe, and I loved that. Um, so many people who probably have never, you know, heard your music or ne- certainly seen your life got to experience you. And we, um, bloody Rivers with that bloody big Mexican hat on, like he was just going for it. Like, yeah, I know really sometimes does. he's very, like, he's quite a reserved person, but sometimes he just like does things you just don't expect. <laughs> like, do you yeah, feel like he- that when you're on stage with him? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I get to know him, his kind of, uh, not routine, but I I, I kind of know what's coming lately. He does do a kind of an improv story every night, mm-hmm. so that there's been some surprises there. Yeah, I, right. I, I that first time I went to Australia, I think, you know that it. I don't know what kind of shape the band was having a little bit of a harder time then, and then when mm-hmm. we came with the Foo Fighters, we were kind of starting to get it back together. Mm-hmm. I think right now we're at like I really think our peak, so uh, yeah. I sure hope everybody can make it. Oh. That would just be amazing. coming on it's been lovely to meet you scott and all the best it's entirely with the my pleasure here. thank you for your thoughtful questions and uh it's been a uh, just a pleasure talking to you thanks for your company today if you've enjoyed this episode i'd love you to consider leaving us a review following or subscribing to the podcast or even sharing it with a friend you think might be interested if you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the podcast please get in touch with us by the link in the show notes